0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Borough Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, we have made it to the middle of the work week as we take a look at the markets with Arlen Suderman of FC Stone. Lots of things. Uh, as we look at this market trade, I think, first of all, you did talk about some increased volatility that is being seen within this trade. How do you see that incorporating into today's markets and then obviously moving on into tomorrow?
1: Uh, today was kind of a little bit of a take a deep breath type of a day. We saw most of the volatility really play out yesterday. That's when it peaked. We did see some strength in wheat today, and uh, particularly in the Minneapolis, uh, reflecting the fact that we do have some steady demand there now. U.S. wheat is well-priced on the world market, and uh, where we can still pay the freight to get it there, we're getting some business. Um, but particularly in northern areas of the country, logistics are a problem with the winter weather this year and causing some concerns on corn and soybeans. We had um, a big surge in uh, in the Gulf basis and Pacific Northwest Terminal basis yesterday. It really started on Monday and then into yesterday. We saw barge freight rate go up in the Mississippi, which typically means demand, but also logistical problems in the Mississippi due to flooding south of St. Louis also add to that. But we really saw rail freight in the Pacific Northwest go up dramatically. From all we can indicate or we can see, uh, we did do a significant amount of business in corn and soybeans yesterday, but it looks to be routine customers who saw areas that charts support hold, charts price start to turn around, and it was an opportunity to do some business.
0: You know, I was kind of wondering, Arlen, when that weather, especially when you look at the Pacific Northwest, was going to start to take its toll and affect the way the grain markets uh, traded with movement because of all the snow that they've received up there.
1: It really is. And then the next question is going to be, what about the snow melt? And uh, is the Corps of Engineers going to have a handle on it this year better than they did a few years back? And and keep the missouri river under in its banks as we get into the spring there's a there's a lot of snow mass up in the northern part of the country this year there's gonna have to be a lot of melting a lot of water coming down but for right now that is creating some real logistical problems not only just with the snow but trucks don't like to operate very well in the in the cold either and we've had some cold this winter that has has made it a little tougher for those diesels to get going.
0: You know, you put a little bit of uh, maybe optimism of talk of, of spring because, you know, I've heard a lot of producers having the same concerns. They say that they've seen, you know, snow in the ditches in Minnesota and in Wisconsin. We know that, like you said, to the western part of us, there's a lot of snow. Many say they're expecting a very wet spring, which will mean a definite slowdown in planting.
1: Right now, as I looked at some of our material from Commodity Weather Group uh, earlier today, uh, the expectation is that the wetness is going to be primarily in the southern part of the country. Now, that is an issue here. Um, the Midwest right now looks fairly open but cool, and the coolness could be a factor in planting. We also have a lot of dryness starting to develop really since the first of the year in areas of the western plains and, and really stretching down from western Nebraska down through parts of Kansas and then especially in the southwestern plains which could start becoming a problem for wheat particularly in that southwestern plains area uh, which warms up much quickly the crop comes out of dormancy much quicker then I had a lot of dry winds that have kind of dried that soil out we could see some blowing dust with the freezing and thawing that we've had but as we get into spring and the, the initial concerns on wetness are really in the delta and the mid-south region, and really across much of the south where we've been very wet. And if you look at the extended forecast, really looking like continuing above normal precipitation for most of those areas, or many of those areas anyway, right on through the next 30 days. And that's critical planting period for getting corn uh, in the ground there so that it pollinates ahead of the summer heat in the south. And so we could end up losing some corn acres um, that might have otherwise been planted in that area, it may lead to more soybeans. We need more soybeans, right? Uh, and so that's something that we're keeping our eyes on. Well,
0: I was going to ask you how long till that talk starts to really materialize, and it sounds like it already has
1: it really has and so as we look at this coming year and the impact that has on acreage mix granted the south is not a big percentage of our crop production for corn and soybeans um, but uh, in a year when we need to add a little bit a few more corn acres and we need to get rid of a lot of soybean acres to fix the balance sheet for soybeans uh, it's working in the opposite direction and on that line i might note that earlier this week uh, I spoke to a group of crop consultants, actually people who all own their own independent crop consulting companies from across America, mostly focused on the Midwest, the very interactive group, and talking about this need to lose soybean acres, and uh, I said, does anybody here in the room... Uh, from a region where you see any type of notable shift in acres between corn and soybeans and i got an emphatic no so it looks like we're going to just keep on adding to the surplus soybean supplies this year and that's more friendly for corn um, but certainly uh, bearish for soybeans going forward
0: well speaking of planting the crop as we look to south america they definitely have gotten a nice turnaround as they get that second crop of corn planted
1: yeah, the safrina corn crop um, and soybeans are being harvested now so additional moisture will have a limited benefit uh, we may see a few more uh, re- reductions in production but argentina looks to be growing in the size of its crop i'm looking at some of those crop ratings today and we're looking at possibility significantly bigger crop there uh, but the safrina corn crop is going into ground at a record pace Uh, Planning is going well, the weather's cooperated, and there's enough moisture now for it to to be good as well, good germination, good establishment. Forecasters are raising some concerns that there's some higher odds that we could see dryness come in in March and particularly in April. And that's when the early corn starts to go into pollination. That's something we're going to have to keep our eyes on. That could have a significant impact on our market later in the year.
0: All right, lots to think about. Stick around. We're going to jump over to the livestock as well in the second half. Arlen Suderman is joining us. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Arlen Suderman joins us with FC Stone. As we switch gears and look at the livestock, a, a TV story that I had the opportunity to do was, unfortunately, Arlen, looking at some video footage of the issues that have been happening in Australia. and They said half a million of their cattle. I mean, they went for, what, six or seven years with no rain. They depleted a lot of the herds, and then they started getting rain like crazy last month, and some of those cattle drowned. How is that going to affect, or do you see that looking at the market trade for our cattle producers here?
1: It's, it's very indirect, and so it's not going to be something you need immediately see the results of. Australia is a significant supplier in our export market for Asia. Uh, and, of course, in the note of interest right now is African swine fever in China and uh as their meat supply start to tighten, as we look at our weekly uh, pork prices in in China, we're starting, we're seeing those rising prices, uh, and that means that they need to increase the supply and look to import. Obviously, pork will be the the number one meat uh, they look at, but also we're seeing some of those who are now reluctant to eat pork because they don't believe the government when they say it's safe for them to eat, shifting a little bit to poultry and to beef. And the higher pork prices will also encourage some of that consumer shift. Um, so China normally probably would have just simply gone more to Australia with the shorter supply there. That means they have to look to the United States and/or Brazil. I know Brazil is trying to capture some of that business, but it does does kind of tighten up the world supply and, and help support. You know, and we continue to watch when will we get notable supplies uh... demand for pork here in the united states as well as the poultry and beef and we're still anticipating that it'll be later this year i think the market was too aggressive in pricing that demand in too early in the year but we are still expecting it to come and uh, as we go forward and that provided a little bit of support for those deferred lean hog futures contracts today but uh... Uh, We need to get a China trade agreement first.
0: Oh, ain't that the truth? I did have a pork producer, Arlen, that was wondering, are we going to see, you you talk about the the direction and the movement of pork because of all the issues China's having. He's wondering, are we going to have the opportunity to send breeding stock uh, that direction because of all the cutbacks that they've had and destroying of animals?
1: That's a real possibility. We have been sending breeding stock to Mexico. Uh, Will we send them to China? That's still a little bit unclear yet. I imagine a lot of that will depend on how things come out with the China trade talks and what's negotiated. I think pork and re- the ability to rebuild the industry, they're breeding, you know, we talk about hog feeding down 20% now in China after I talked to our Shanghai office on Monday. Breeding herd is down even more, so restocking that's going to take some time. Uh, the question is the timing on that and uh, the quantities of what they'll re- rebuild from inside domestically and what they'll import, but that's one of the things that I know the industry has taken a look at.
0: A switch to the cattle, or we, could we possibly see some firmness developing this cash cattle market?
1: We looked at the online exchange auction today, and uh, there were several pens that noticed that were offered 125 and turned it down, and that would have been pretty much steady with last week. So that would suggest that we're seeing that expectation, once again, of, of firmer cash prices this week. Uh, uh, our weights, you know, our data from USDA has been way delayed because partial government shutdown. USDA is still trying to catch up, but our weights are well below year-ago levels. We're very current anticipate some of that data that's still catching up from January is going to go even lower from the previous year as more of that data comes in. So we're in pretty good condition there. And uh, it would seem to support with the demand that we've had on the beef side that uh, we could probably see some steadier cash prices this week. A little bit weaker on the board today, up against some chart resistance, and so the money flow kind of taking it back and forth in the channel we're in, and today was a pullback day. Um, ironically, as we get into Thursday, tomorrow, that has been a pullback day as well, you know, Thursday after Thursday, repeatedly this, this fall and winter. So uh, we'll have to watch out for that possibility tomorrow as well. But overall, the cash expectations feel pretty good. We've had some pretty active deliveries in the cattle market, um, but we have not applied as much pressure to the board as what you normally would have expected for the amount of deliveries we've seen.
0: We've had such uh, interesting uh, winter weather as of late, and it still surprises me. I was doing some reading earlier today. It says this weather really hasn't had as big of an effect. On the on the feeder cattle market, as one would think.
1: Well, I, ironically, the pens have been pretty bad shape. They started to clear up, and then we started to have some fairly good margins, and we did see a, a push in feeder cattle demand. Um, but then we had some winter weather move in, and and uh, we narrowed up some of those margins, and the and the feeder cattle demand backed off once again. So it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Depending on where you're at, there's a big difference between the lots down in the southwestern feed lot and up here in nebraska
0: all right sounds good arlen what's the best way for folks to catch up with you
1: intlscstone.com or follow me on twitter at twitter.com slash arlen arlanff f f one o one.
0: thanks so much arlen suderman joining us today and thanks to Fontenelle and all the local Fontenelle dealers as well you've been listening to the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network